Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Fate FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. And where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita. South Australia Regional Coordinator for Faith FM and if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered please text us at 04-888-808-11 or you can email info at faithfm.com.au Also you can visit our website faithfm.com.au and if you are missing some of these programs or you come a bit later uh, you can always uh, join us through the website and uh, listen back to our program. Our theme for uh, this week uh, was does the Bible have an answer to cults? And uh, the questions we look at um, were, why do people join cults? And we learn about uh, the difference and uh, establish a a definition of what a a cult is. And why are charismatic leaders so successful? Does God want believers to withdraw from society? And we learn also there are groups who believe that they, if they can separate from the society, they can be on the right track. But today we are going to look uh, to this question. What does the biblical church look like? And our co-host today is uh, David DeLima. David is uh, the director of Family Voice Australia for the South Australia and Northern Territory. David, welcome to our program. Well, thank you so much, Nick. It's always great to be broadcasting with you and uh, greetings to all of our listeners. It's very good to have you and uh, we need to let our listeners know that you are coming uh, with us via Zoom from uh, the beautiful city of uh, Portagasta. Indeed, yes, I love to call this South Australia's August City. That's wonderful. And, um, hey, David, did I say correctly? Are you uh, the director of uh, Family Voice Australia for the South Australian Northern Territory? Yes, that's exactly right, Nick. Okay, and um, David, uh, just in few words uh, before we go in, uh, into our question for today, uh, what would you like to share um with us uh, a little bit of background of the Family Voice Australia. Yes. Well, the ministry really began about 45 years ago when in Britain it was really becoming clear that things were getting very dark. And so what we needed to do as God's people is to shine the light of Christ. Yes, we're against certain things, but in Christ it's always been yes, is what we read in Scripture. So. Mm What are, what are the good things that we stand for? What do we believe in? What is good and right and therefore wrong and to be opposed? So we really want it to be a celebratory movement which will rejoice in the good things that God has given to us. And so that's our background. And in these last four to five decades or so, we've been speaking up in the public arena to 
help people to realise the claims of Christ, his claims over government, his claims over society, mm-hmm. over the family, over the church, because things aren't getting any better on their own out there and we greatly need that voice of wisdom and truth. Absolutely. And David, to begin with a question, um, as a Christian ministry, you are seeking to partner with churches and I'm sure you travel among uh, many congregations. Can you tell me what does a biblical church look like? Well, that's an excellent question, Nick, and certainly I, I do travel far and wide. I suppose I should write the uh, the Good Christian's Guide to the Congregations of South Australia um, and <laughs> rate each congregation I go to. Well, I, I wouldn't be so cheeky as to do that. Mm. But I certainly, I certainly see a lot of diversity as I move among the various congregations of the Christian churches. And, you know, Nick, God loves diversity, and he set up the 12 tribes of Israel with their own distinctive identity, their own location, their own emblems, their own way of doing things, and they would cooperate together when needed, but uh, when not needed, uh, they were quite happy to do their little distinctive things here and there. So uh, uh, while we see diversity amongst the congregations, we shouldn't let that upset us mm-hmm. uh, because the, the core beliefs are really the same. Uh, the, the core beliefs in Jesus the core beliefs in the scriptures and in our mission to share the gospel. And we we cooperate together in mission sometimes. You know, different groups will come together to have an outreach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yet, you know, we, we, go, we go back each weekend to our, our respective denominations, as it were. But in answer to your question, what does the, what does the biblical church look like? Well, the, the scriptures describe for us wonderfully three kinds of metaphors when we think about the church. And it's very simple. It's body, it's temple, and it's bride. So that, in a nutshell, describes biblically the the concept of the church. It's the body of Christ, it's the temple of God, and it's the bride of Christ. All right, David, uh, let's, let's look briefly um Uh, those three metaphors, as you just mentioned, uh, firstly, uh, what is the body of believers like? Mm. Well, the Apostle Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthians, he's dealing with a, a v- very much a fractured community. There's rivalry, there's jealousies, there's factions. And this isn't how we should be living. <laughs> in, a, in answer to your question, Nick, about what is the what is the biblical church, well, when we look at the church in the New Testament era, We certainly see some diversity there, which is not pleasing to God mm-hmm. because we've got factions. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I follow Christ. You know, all, all, all of these factions. So what we see in the early church is really not really the biblical thing. The biblical thing is what the Apostle Paul writes to say, don't you realize that we are, we are all one in Christ? Mm-hmm. And he speaks about the, the body analogy. So when you think about your body or my body, we've got all these different parts and they've got to work together. If if one part is doing its own thing and not working harmoniously with, with the rest of the body, uh, it's just not going to work. So the common feature of all the members of your body and my body, the, the fingers, the toes, the heart, the lungs, etc., it's all connected to the head. And Paul says that the, the head of the body is Christ. So when all the parts are in submission to the head, cooperating with the head, 
working in, harm, in harmony with each other, then we've really got a body that can do something wonderful. So that is a really glorious metaphor in Scripture. It's found particularly in the book of First Corinthians and the 12th chapter. And uh, wonderfully, there's the saying there where Paul says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And yet, you know, Nick, sometimes this is what we say to each other in church. We, we think about someone sitting over there to the right or to the left, and we maybe don't like them very much. And we think to ourselves, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go up to you. I don't need to be friendly to you. Well, I'll, I'll just wave to you and say, see you later, mate. You know, that's not how the body should work. There should be an organic connection, an organic connection between each of the members in submission to the head, which is Christ. So Mm. I I really commend this body analogy to us. We've got to learn, all of us, to stop saying, I don't need you. Mm -hmm. And and David, uh, earlier you you talked about uh, diversity and uh, uh, how the Christian church look like uh, today in our time. Mm. Uh, Obviously, uh, we know that uh, the fact there are many uh, people and many Christians calling themselves Christians, but not following the teachings of the Bible in uh, in entirely. Uh, and um, we'll deal with that a little bit uh, later, uh, talking about the remnant uh, church and uh, what that means. But um, you mentioned a bit earlier about um, the metaphor of the, you know, the temple, uh, yes. temple metaphor. Uh, what does the temple of believers look like, David? Mm. Indeed. Well, Paul here is speaking about the temple in ancient times, of course. And the temple is a place which is different to the rest of the world. It's a special place. It's a sacred place. And to go into the temple of God should be like to step into heaven, to step into a heavenly experience. And this is what we need for our churches today, so that the church will present authentically the aroma of Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the perfume of Christ, you know, you come in and, and it smells good. Now, unfortunately for the carnal man, it smells terrible because he's not been enlivened by the Spirit. But those whom God is calling will breathe that aroma of Christ as a sweet perfume. Mm-hmm. And you, you think of the temple with the incense there. Uh, one feature of temples is a, a glorious aroma of incense, mm-hmm. and God wanted incense to be offered in his temple. He also wanted beautiful things, uh, one, wonderful artifacts in there, uh, beautiful architecture, yep. uh, maybe a water feature, uh, maybe plants. And to go into a temple is to go into a sacred, special place. And we need to realize that that, that is what God is doing, not only with our bodies, but also as those as the body of believers connects with all of its members connecting together. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've really sort of dumbed down church, if I may use that phrase sometimes, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the way we dress when we go to church, uh, you know, we, we, we all of us seem to be arriving late for church. Mm. You know, we wouldn't, we, we wouldn't do that in the workplace, but perpetually people arrive late for church because, uh, you know, so what? We need, we need to have a reverential attitude to gathering together. 
uh, how good it would be when people can prepare themselves, as it were, to go to the temple. You know, you, you can't just go into the temple, as it were. You've, you've got to prepare yourself. You've got to uh, dress in the right way. You might need to bathe. So there's that preparation. Now, we don't want to carry this too far legalistically, mm. but, the, but the notion of preparing to gather as God's people, I've often thought it would be helpful for me personally to look through, well, our church, we've got a, a directory of people's names and their photographs. It's quite helpful because I've got a memory like a sieve. But, uh, but as I'm gather, gathering together with these dear brothers, brothers and sisters of mine, at least I should try to use their names. And if I can't remember their names, I can look them up in the directory. I've even written this into my iPhone. Like I've written a list of, of all the people that go to our church, and I go through that to refresh my hopeless memory. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm losing my memory, but thank goodness I'm not losing my memory. Oh, so, well, I thought it's only me. I thought it's only me, David, but... Uh, no, no, uh, that's right. So bearing in mind the sacred nature of the temple, which is the body of believers. It's not, it's not the structure. It's the body of believers gathered together. How we should revere one another. How we should, uh, can't, you know, like we can't wait to get into fellowship with our people and we've got to tear ourselves away, uh, as it were, to leave and to go back to our homes and workplaces. So that temple analogy is one really worth exploring, I think. That's beautiful. You said quite a few interesting things there, David, and uh, it's true that uh, sometimes uh, um, the church uh, looks a little bit different than what God expects from us all. And all our interests, uh, when we go into church, it could be uh, quite mixed up with the worldly um, things, you know, because we live in a, in this world and we are uh, affected in various ways. And we mm. should understand that uh as you you pointed out very well uh, we're going to meet god you know we're going this to the temple exactly right. we're going to this the church right. mm. indeed and unfortunately we treat church more like a supermarket than a temple yeah because when you when you go to the supermarket it, it it's all there on a take it or leave it basis And if you go in and you look around and you say, I don't like the supermarket because the, the choice of uh, tomatoes here is not what I'm looking for or the, the range of baked beans is not what I'm looking for. I'll try another supermarket, you know. Yeah. So uh, I'm so, so disappointed the way in which Christians seem to flip from one church to another. You know, they can't make up their mind. Uh, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, as the old saying goes. Mm -hmm. in, fact, the, in fact, the grass is greener on the side that gets the most tender, loving care. Yes. So I, I counsel people to make a decision about where you're going to go to church and just get on with it. Stick, stick with it, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. uh, st stop treating the church like a supermarket uh, and, and start coming in instead of a consumer as someone who is ready to give everything to God mm. in that context. Mm. Mm. So we're coming in as a giver, not a gainer. But everyone's coming in. They sit down. You see them in the pews. And you and I, we're, we're up front in churches. Uh, you know, I, I wish sometimes we could have a video camera to show everyone what they're doing because people aren't paying attention. They're sitting there with, a, with their arms folded. Mm -hmm. They're fiddling with their iPhones. You know, they're messing around. Uh, the, the Bible's being read and, and someone's reading the, the, uh, the bulletin or the newsletter instead of paying attention to the scriptures. Yes. So this, cons this consumer attitude, you know, we fold our, our arms and say, hmm, I'm not receiving a blessing yet. It, it, you know, instead of us coming in as people in a reverential context who are bringing an offering, 
the scripture says no one should appear before the Lord empty-handed, but we are coming in with our hands open to receive yes. instead of bringing ourselves, bringing our hearts, bringing our talents, bringing our love and all of this. So uh, the, the temple analogy, as I say, it's something that we really need to explore much more carefully. Absolutely. And uh, David, um, just before uh, I'm going to take a short break, I'd like to ask you um, another question because, you know, you're traveling quite a bit, as you just said. Uh, and um, uh, how is, you know, the, the, the bride uh, church look like, uh, David? Well, this is a really wonderful metaphor again. Um, and those listeners who have uh, grown up daughters who will come home with uh, an engagement ring on their finger and a beaming face to say, he's asked me the question and I've said yes, and this is the date. And there's a flurry of activity. There's a sense of wonder and awe. And, and there's a, there's a scramble, Nick. There's a glorious scramble because once that date has been set, things need to be put in place. And so the mother and the daughter especially go into, go into, uh, wedding wedding mode wedding ceremony mode shall we say and mm-hmm. they're starting to make lists photo photographer yeah uh catering cake uh hiring hiring the suit or buying the suit uh chauffeur dri- chauffeur driven limousine adelaide string quartet or whatever, <laughs> whatever it might be that this is this is glorious flurry of activity and a scramble a glorious scramble towards the date And if we spend our time arguing about who's going to arrange the, the florist or who's going to be in charge of, of sorting out the, the, the wedding cake, then, yes. well, then there won't be any flowers and there won't be any wedding cake because we spent all our time arguing. You know, Nick, our churches spend so much time arguing. It's unbelievable. The energy we waste fighting each other instead of getting on with it because the clock is ticking. Mm. We, we, we cannot afford the luxury of arguing about, about, you know, whether this pew should go 90 degrees or 135 degrees. You know, we, we, the things, the things we spend our time arguing about in church, it must just disappoint God enormously because he has set a date when he will introduce to his son the bride. And our churches are God's people in marriage preparation class. So when we go to church week by week, we need to say, not only is this the body of believers, not only is this the temple, a place of reverence, mm, but mm. this is a marriage preparation class because the date has been set and we are now receiving through the Holy Spirit his leading and his guiding mm-hmm. that we will be prepared like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Yep. Uh, wonderful, David. Uh, I, I like that. And um, after the break, we'll uh, come to look into the scripture a bit more and uh, find some um, wonderful things there. But uh, before I'm taking a short break and play a song for you, I would like to uh, give you something today again. I always like to give free gifts. And uh, the book Advent, it's uh, a brand new book coming uh, from the press by uh, Nathan Brown. And um, it's hearing the good news in the story of Jesus' birth. 
and uh, Christianity is going to celebrate Christmas, uh, even though if we look in the scripture, I'm not sure how much does have to do that with the, with the Jesus' birth, but um, the story of Jesus' birth, it's important, and I'll encourage you to give us a, a call. Send us a mes- uh, an SMS during the program, because we may not be able to take calls uh, right now, but uh, uh, send us a message to 4 888 Visit our website, faithfm.com.au, or write an email to info at faithfm.com.au. And, and this book is yours, free of charge, no obligation. We can deliver it to your door. Um, and particularly if you like to talk to us, uh, the ones who are hosting this uh, program, Drive Time, uh, don't hesitate to write us uh, a message. Also, we give you some personal numbers. I may give you later on also a number if you want to talk to us. But right now, I would like to uh, take a short break and play the song, Give Me the Bible. Don't go anywhere. Stay here. This is Fate FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming To cheer the wonder, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible when my heart is broken When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Steps enlightened Teach me the danger Of these realms below That lamp of safety O'er the gloom shall brighten That light alone The path of peace can show Give me the Bible Holy message shining 
You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is David De Lima from Family Voice Australia. And it's very good to have uh, David with us um, today. Now I may uh, need to let you know that uh, we are uh, broadcasting with David from He's from uh, Porta Gasta coming with us via Zoom. And if the sound may sound a little bit echoing, you know, we apologize for that. Um, but that was the only way we could um, do it with David. And David, again, it's, it's, it's very, it's a privilege to be able to come with us uh, today. And as we looked into the first part of the program, um, uh, talking about some of the views you know which you i mean you come across with people as you travel around in the churches different churches and mm-hmm. um we really you know uh, i personally enjoyed uh, you what you shared and being very upfront you know and telling some of the things and that's what we need to do uh, to to work together constructively to yes. you know to experience that wonderful uh, body of Jesus Christ exactly. and the church. And uh, David, um, I mentioned before the break that uh, I like to look into the Bible, to look to some passages in the Bible, and yes. particularly I mentioned the word uh, remnant. The, 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 the remnant church is um, something that many Christians don't think about because most uh, professing Christians trust that their believe alone in Jesus make them part of the true church of God whether or not they are truly walking with the Lord but is it is is this right or does God have a true remnant people during this um, end times who is the remnant church talked about in the Bible and these are a couple of questions which I like to look into, uh, David. Uh, throughout his word, God has declared that uh, he would keep a people for himself, a true yes. people who would obey him and not uh, wander from his truth. Take a look at um, some of the um, uh, passages in the Bible which we like to to bring uh, before you. And David, are mm. you able to open the Bible in Isaiah yes. chapter 1? Yes. And let's start with verse 9, uh, first of all. Yes, indeed. Uh, you raise a very good question, firstly, Nick, as to what is what is a Christian really? Is, is a Christian someone who ticks a box? Or fills out a form, mm-hmm. or is a Christian Christian someone who has something done to them by way of sprinkling or uh, dunking or uh, a particular phraseology? Yeah. Well, Nick, I, I like to say that a Christian is someone whom Christ claims, because it doesn't matter at the end of the day what you or I say about anyone. 
what matters is what Christ says. And there's that terrible scripture that, that you're aware of and, and our listeners will be aware of where people will say, but Lord, Lord, we did this in your name and we did that in your name. And, he's, and he will say, I never knew you. Yes. Depart from me. These are terrible words. You see, they thought that they were ticking the boxes, mm-hmm. ticking the right boxes, saying the right things, doing the right things. And, and it, it is good to say the right thing. Of course, it's good to do, do the right thing. But none of our works bring us to Christ. It is his free gift of salvation. Correct. And he chooses. Mm. And so a Christian is someone who Christ claims. And so my prayer for you and me is that Christ will claim me. So I look to him. I throw myself upon his mercy. I, I, I'm not interested in ticking any boxes. I've, I've, got, I've got no boxes to tick. Mm, mm. Uh, as that beautiful old hymn goes, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Mm. And the, uh, the passage of Scripture you're directing us firstly to, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 9, uh, unless the Lord Almighty had left us some survivors, we would have become like Sodom. Sodom we would have become like Gomorrah. So uh, here we've got a, a situation of God's people under siege, under attack, and terrible things are happening to God's people. Yep. But yet but yet he is still in his mercy allowing some survivors. Uh, now, now the reason the trouble is occurring is because the people of God at that time were turning away from him. And, and the prophets, one after another, they line up to chastise the people of God mm-hmm. and announce the judgments of God if we will not repent. Yeah. And in Isaiah, the, the prophet, uh, quoting God, says, stop bringing me meaningless offerings. This is Isaiah chapter 58. Mm-hmm. We, we don't like to think about our action in church as being meaningless, but even, even the Apostle Paul echoes this when when he's chastising the Corinthians by saying, your meetings do more harm than good. What a, what a terrible thing that he had to say yeah. to the Corinthian church. Your meetings do more harm than good because there's division and there's ambition and fleshly behavior. And Paul must have been tearing his hair out at times in dealing with those people, but... Um, Yes. Yeah, so that passage yeah. in, in Isaiah 1 really speaks about God's chastisement of his people and from that will come the remnant and from the remnant will, will come the renewal of faith and, and right conduct. Yes. And David, while you are in Isaiah, uh, would you be able to turn to chapter 10, verse 20? Yes. yes. Uh, in that day, the remnant of Israel, the survivors of the house of Jacob, will no longer rely on him who struck them down but will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Mm. So throughout throughout the history of God's people, his people have not relied upon him, yes. but they've been relying on Egypt, they've been relying on Assyria, they've been relying on the, their own chariots, trusting in their own chariots, they've been relying on the power of their sword, their, all of their abilities instead of relying upon God. Mm-hmm. So a, a day will come when there's going to be a shake-up, uh, and a remnant will remain, and they are the ones who rely upon the Lord. Yes, and you mentioned the word Israel, and it's interesting enough, I heard, the, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing quite a lot about uh, Israel, the physical Israel today, yes. and a lot of Christians are still looking forward uh, for that, but if we have time today, I may look a little bit into that, uh, what that means mm-hmm. to be Israel. 
another passage in the Bible, um, David, I would like uh, you to open the Bible and share with us. It's in uh, Jeremiah 23, verse 3. And also Jeremiah uh, chapter 31, verse 7. If you can uh, bring us through that passage in the Bible, please. Yes, yes. Well, let's take the second one first. Jeremiah 31, verse 7. This is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Jacob. Uh, Shout for, for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Mm. So this is something that as God's people we can really uh, rejoice in because uh, he he is the saviour. Uh, of the of his people yes. uh, we don't we don't save ourselves there's nothing that we can do of ourselves and and the more we try to save ourselves the more frustrated we will become because uh, our, our our good works really are only as, as filthy rags mm. um, and now now good works are a good thing but they come out of the grace of God they, they are a response to his grace to his action as savior uh, his ability to give salvation. So if if we somehow think that we can stand before God uh, when we go to stand before him and say, oh, well, look look at all these good things I've done. Well, it doesn't work that way because the truth is that if we've done one wrong thing, if we've sinned once, we become a lawbreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, James James says he who he keeps the whole law and, and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. So if if I'm a sinner and you're a sinner, then we are steeped in sin, mm. and um, we we need rescuing. So thank God. Now, uh, chapter twenty three and verse three, uh, God says, "I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, yes, and will bring them back to their pasture. There they will be fruitful and increase in number." Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the story of Israel is a remarkable story. It's the only nation in world history that's been destroyed and has come back to life again. Yeah, and it's interesting uh, it, enough on that passage, sorry uh, to interrupt you there, yeah, uh, David. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that uh, a lot of us, we may uh, look from this point of view, even though in this passage here in, uh, in Jeremiah 23, verse 3, uh, it's talking about Israel, the physical physical Israel in back in those mm-hmm. days where uh, they were also scattered, you know, uh, all around in the world. And as you just uh, pointed out to the um, uh, modern Israel today, Mm -hmm. and we learn about the establishment of uh, Israel in uh, these uh, times. And I would like to, later on, as I said, I would like to to come to that, just to understand a little bit more the word Israel, what that means, Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. to see if we are um, linked or if we are um, connected to the modern Israel in terms of salvation or not. But uh, what I would like before we come into that, if you don't mind, uh, uh, David, just to look at two more passages, Joel chapter 2, verse 32, first, and then Romans nine twenty seven. Yes. So Joel chapter 2, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, for on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, mm-hmm. as the Lord has said, the rem- among, the, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Yes, yes. Um, and that's right. And that's again the word remnant uh, there. And Romans uh, nine twenty seven. Indeed, Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the Israelites be like the sand by the sea, 
only the remnant will be saved. Uh, so Jesus echoed that point, saying uh, many are called, but few are chosen. And we, we we kid ourselves if we if we think that we can just sign people up, as it were. You know, there there are churches in some parts of the world that do membership drives. They, yes. they sign you up as a member. Yes. You don't have to profess faith in Christ. Yes. You don't have to repent of your sins. You just sign here on the dotted line. And, and away you go. I mean, this is this is just nonsense. Yes, uh, it, it's, it's shortchanging those people. And I come across with uh, some people which they said, "Oh, I'm a newborn Christian. You know, I just been baptized mm. uh, the other day, uh, and just mm. um, suddenly uh, not question asked uh, and um, exactly. not even uh, uh, follow up. You know, with right. with you, they would just say, "Okay, you are now uh, on your own." And that's not yeah. the way, you know, we, we need to, as a church, as a body of Christ, uh, organized, supporting each other. That's, I believe, very important. And, and please don't think that uh, by saying Israel, uh, that the Bible just means the um, literal nation uh, uh, of Israel, as I mentioned earlier, because the literal nation of Israel are not longer God's, you know, Chosen people per such, you know, because we learn, in a, um, as Apostle Paul puts it out, that all who believe in Jesus Christ, you know, we are spiritual Israel. Uh, did you catch here what Paul said about, about there when we read in Romans? Even though the number of children of Israel is as the sand of the sea, in other words, huge number, only mm. a remnant will be saved. Now, we all know what the word remnant means, a small amount left. This applies to the Christian world today. Although there are millions upon millions of professing Christians, only a few in comparison uh, um, will be actually saved. Uh, Now, uh, that may shock you. Um, I don't know, but is the... Uh, but th- this is truth. This is what we read in the Bible. Jesus confirmed actually in Matthew chapter 7 verse uh, 14. We may just uh, allude to that because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few are there be that find it. Now only few will walk down the narrow path. There are so many professing Christians who are walking down the, the, the broad path to destruction because Mm. they believe they can have Jesus in one hand and the world in the other hand. But Mm. to be a part of the true remnant church, we need to surrender all to Christ. And here's a question, David, which I would like to to consider uh, in a few moments. There is a remnant people in these end times who Satan is making war with. And what makes them stand out to Satan as the true remnant of church? Revelation chapter 12 speaks uh, quite a bit about this. Yes, that's right. Uh, Revelation 12, then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Mm. So these are the, these are in the, the, the devil's gun sights. He, he's not going to waste his time on lukewarm Christians. Yep. They're, they're basically in his pocket already, you might say. Uh, and, and they present to him no threat. 
So he's going to go after the, the, the serious players, if I can use that phrase. Absolutely. Uh, those, who are, those who are hot in the faith, red hot. Those who obey God's commandments and those who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Yes. So to hold to the testimony of Jesus means that you are a faithful witness to what he has done, mm-hmm. who he is, and what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And, and the world doesn't want to hear that anymore. I think there was a time a few years ago when that message was a lot more acceptable, but people no longer want to hear the message of Jesus because it's now so countercultural. So if you call yourself a Christian now, uh, the world is starting to look at you not only as someone who's foolish, but someone who's downright dangerous. Yes. And needs to be, needs to be dealt with. So, uh, it is time for all of us to, to man up, to obey God's commandments and to hold to the testimony of Jesus. Yes. Yes, that's right, uh, David. And um, um, when we, when you have a remnant piece of material, how does it compare to the original? It is exactly the same uh, the same thing, okay? Yeah. Because uh, otherwise uh, it wouldn't be a remnant of the same material. So the end time um, remnant people will be living their faith in the exact same way as the new. Testament church, they look the same. You know, Jesus was the one who gave an example and asked them, follow me. And they taught them and showed them how to live, even though they were messed up, as you just said earlier. Um, and uh, even before Jesus, uh, you know, went to the cross, they were all thinking of their own agenda mm. uh, until the upper room. And they learn Uh, and they saw the the situation and uh, uh, they give themselves to God. And after that, there were lots of uh, um, still conflicts in the church, but the direction and the target was clear for them That's all. Right. And they all pulled together for the same, yes. uh, the same um, uh, message. Now, um, Looking at the time, is going very fast today, uh, David, <laughs> with you. I, I just like to briefly just bring a few more um, passages in the Bible just uh, quickly. The remnant church will be a Bible-believing church and stand on the rock of God's word alone rather than uh, on the tradition of man. And we have this one in John seventeen seventeen, which says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word yes. is the truth. If you could um, look in John Chapter 5, verse 39, if you have that handy, the remnant church will be a people who search the scriptures daily looking for the truth. What is John uh, uh, 5.39 says? um, Yes, yes. Well, Jesus is here uh, condemning the religious people of the day. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. Mm Mm-hmm. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So the the positive take we can extract from that statement of Jesus is, yes, we, we should diligently study the scriptures. Why? Not so that we can boast about how many Bible verses we've memorized or how much we can quote, but rather because we see in the scriptures Jesus, that the scriptures testify about him and therefore we are to come to him And as we come to him, there we have life. Yes. So it's not our religiosity, but it's relationship with Christ 
that's the key. Mm-hmm. And the remnant church uh, will have Jesus Christ uh, at the center, uh, uh, you know, uh, with the teachings. He's the only way. As we exactly. learn, and in John 14, verse 6, he says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now also, exactly. the remnant church will be watching and waiting for Jesus to return. Yes. And will be preaching of his soon physical second coming. Now, David, I must confess this, that I, I'm visiting some other churches myself as I go, but I don't hear much of the imminent coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, yes, w- this is true. Yeah, why Why do you think we don't hear about that? And we may look into Luke uh, chapter 12, just to back up with what we're saying here. What, what's your uh, impression or opinion about this? Yes, yes, we get very complacent when things are delayed. And Jesus spoke about the the wise and foolish virgins uh, and it was in the middle of the night when the bridegroom was arriving. This, this once again is the, the bride analogy. You know, the bride has got to be ready and the, the, uh, the attendants there had to be ready and they weren't. They'd run out of oil and they were asleep mm-hmm. and it's too late to go and buy the oil. So Jesus is really saying that now is the time to be, to be ready. So Luke 12, he says it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. So we, we're to be, uh, awake, we're to be on the watch, on the lookout, yes. ready at a moment's notice. He says, I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve and will will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. So this this feast at the end of history, uh, it's a marriage feast yep. and, and Jesus is, is there as the bridegroom and, and we as the bride. So uh, it's, yeah, it's the the expectation that I alluded to earlier of the preparation for the for the the wedding because the clock is ticking we need to we need to get that focus back into our churches absolutely and uh, also we mentioned earlier about the temple you know yes. uh, how important it is but on an individual level uh, David the remnant church uh, knowing that their bodies are the temple of God of the Holy Spirit um, correct. Will be so each individual believer is a temple, yes. and then the wider, the wider body is also a temple. And then we'll so, live a life, you know, uh, uh, consciously, you know, uh, a healthy life, uh, yes. not uh, destroying this uh, body, you know, the temple of, uh, of the Holy Spirit, uh, mm. through whatever we eat or um, drink or, you know, use all sorts of substances like uh, smoking or alcohol or all those things. You know, we need to... Uh, to keep in mind this because God is telling this to keep the body healthy for a, a reason. And we can go in Corinthians if we like in chapter six and read about this, yes. uh, uh, how important is, uh, uh, he says that what, uh, know it, know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye, ye have of God and ye are mm. not your own. And we continue yes. to go in, uh, First Corinthians in chapter 3 verse 17 and it says if any man defile the temple of God him shall God destroy for the temple of God is holy which temple are we that's a, a question to, to, to ponder on and to think of and uh, David the remnant church will be preaching a message of growing in faith in the Lord and striving to make your 
uh, election sure. I mean, we need to not just, uh, you know, how he says that word, um, preach uh, the water and drink wine or uh, we did something similar like that. We need to, whatever we say, we need to practice. Is that not right? Yes. Yes. And, and, um, I'm looking at the time and I know that's going very fast and I'm just trying to maybe look at a couple of more things here. The Remnant Church will be proclaiming the nearest uh, Christ's second coming and will be preaching the three angel message and um, I'll encourage our listeners to look in uh, in Revelation chapter 14 is talking about the three angel message there and uh, how important is that I saw not the uh, angel flying in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach unto those who dwell on earth and to every nation any uh, and kindred and tongue and people saying with a loud voice fear God and give glory to him for the hours of his judgment is come and worship him that made heavens and earth and sea and the foundations of water and there follow another angel second and and the third angel even saying come out of Babylon my people we can live in a in a confused um Christian church, David. We can yes, pretend right. that we we are walking on the right path, but we may live in Babylon, and that's very important to to keep in mind. Now, yes, the, the 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 voice of the angel saying, "Fear God and give Him glory." Yes, uh, I mean we we desperately need to hear this message in our culture today. And uh, if the angel if the angel is calling it in a loud voice, then surely we who will judge angels should be echoing that loud voice to yes. say to one another, to our culture, fear God. But we're, we're living in a, a culture now where people are laughing at the claims of God and despising the people of God Yes, and taking away freedoms from the people of God. So our, our word to the culture must be fear God and give him glory. Absolutely. And um, David, just a, a short, uh, a short uh, break here. And uh, I will I will come back for uh, conclusion. Yeah. Ah, what was that song called? It's easy to find out. Download the free Faith FM app for your smartphone or tablet to see our full daily schedule of programs and music.
Welcome back. You are listening to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is David De Lima for Family Voice uh, Australia. And we looked at this uh, question, uh, what does the biblical church look like? And David, uh, just to conclude um, today in a few words, uh, if we can, I mean, the remnant church, we are talking about a, a remnant uh, group because we learned that um, narrow is the path and few are those who find it, but the remnant church will be unified in teaching of the following biblical truths. I just want to mention some of them, uh, David, the second coming of Jesus Christ, the truth about the rapture, because that's a quite interesting one, the truth about Israel, um, the real antichrist, because we are dealing with that too, uh, the true gospel of Christ, speaking in tongues, for example, the, the Bible truth about hell, the Ten Commandments and so more. Because, you know, it's interesting enough that the uh, people believe that Antichrist comes from outside. But actually, if we look uh, carefully in the Bible, it's come from among those people who profess to believe that they are Christians and following God. Hey, we have just a minute or two, David. Would you like to just bring it together? Um, just a few thoughts and then have a word of prayer. Yes, yes, Nick, it's been wonderful for us to look at these passages of Scripture and to consider especially the claims of Christ upon each one of us. Uh, it's not what we do to please him, but it's what he has done to please his Father, Amen. his own sacrifice, his own action to leave heaven's paradise and come to live among us, and that's really what we'll be considering at Christmas, of course, and I look forward to sharing with you on that uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks. But it's not what I do. It's not the boxes that I tick. It's not my good works, but it's his claims upon me. Mm. And so uh, I pray that we wouldn't find ourselves in a situation where we're throwing away the riches of Christ's love for us and, and what he's done. The history of Israel, unfortunately, is a history of judgment. And, and, and God was displeased enormously with his people, but mm. yet he produced a remnant. And so uh, would to God that there can be a reformation coming through uh, as a result of revival, that we will all of us place our hope in Christ. And as a result, uh, we, we won't hear those terrible words of judgment, depart from me, you wicked ones, but rather... Yeah. Yeah. Well, done, well done, good and faithful servants. Yeah, very important. Uh, just a short order of prayer, uh, David. Yes. yes. Father, I commit to you, each one of our listeners and their families, bless them, speak to them, guide them, draw them to yourself. Claim them, I pray, in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining Nick Rita and David Lima today on Drive Time BQ&A. Please uh, join us again when we look at the reality of Jesus. Did Jesus really exist? Until then, may God richly bless you. And uh, uh, stay with us on Faith FM. And if you miss some of uh, our talking today, visit our website, faithfm.com.au. God bless. God sent his son. They called him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive He lived and died To buy my pardon An empty grave is there to prove Savior lives Because he lives I can face tomorrow
Is a word.